All right, welcome back to the Guardian Academy. Core Concepts Macro Belief. This is a guiding principle. One of the most important single things that you need to know about yourself is what your macro belief is. Do not adopt mine or anybody else's blindly. It goes back to brain sludge and self-respect. Uh, examine the logic, reasoning, and evidence, right? So this is, again, uh, foundation. It's actually a core concept training. Uh, you will not be able to navigate the world at large, but especially like the investment world and where to allocate your resources if you don't have a macro belief. And there's multiple levels to this. We're going to talk about financial, uh, but it's also uh, how you prioritize. Like You can have a macro belief in uh, time. What's going to get you your most time back? Okay, I believe that leverage gives me more time, so I'm always looking for leverage. Okay, I'm not going to find more time. But if I look for leverage, it'll give me more time. Very similar with finance. Um, we're not necessarily going to be able to work more to make more money or find more money. Uh, but we can have a macro belief. And if we can acquire that macro belief, it will help us reach our financial goals. And I'll explain that shortly. Obviously, uh, we're still in the foundations here. <clears throat> we have conversations about all of this stuff. We share our macro beliefs and the logic, reasoning, evidence behind them as you climb the tiers and uh, different members have different macro beliefs and we encourage that as long as the, as long as they're operating from a place of, again, logic, reasoning, and evidence. So what is a macro belief? We say, what is your macro belief? We're actually looking for a macro of a macro, okay? And I'll explain that in a minute because most of uh, your priorities are, you're gonna fund with US dollars. So the macro belief for most people really is US dollars, but we need to have a secondary macro belief to try to increase the amount of US dollars that we have if we're talking about finance. Again, you can extrapolate this out to whatever is important to you. So an example of a macro belief is if somebody has done all their homework and they look at all the logic, all the, uh, all the evidence, all the reasoning, they've looked at the history, and they believe that a three-bedroom family home in a fast-growing suburban area will be worth four to five times their current value in 10 years. Now, if they allocate their resources and they get this kind of return, four to five X on their current value, in 10 years, if that's going to solve their solvable problem, they may adopt this as a macro belief, three bedroom family homes and fast growing suburban areas and whatever other criteria they have, you know, in a nice neighborhood with a garage, et cetera, et cetera. So their macro belief is that kind of asset and they're actively looking to allocate their resources to that kind of asset. Uh, and uh, it becomes a guide, okay? It becomes a guide, especially in moments of mass euphoria and fear. We gotta tap back in to say, okay, the logic, reasoning, evidence that I came to the conclusion when I was in a moment of sobriety, not FOMO and fear and greed, was this. So my macro belief is this, it helps guide decision, helps prevent us from making poor decisions, especially when things are volatile and um, the all markets have some level of vicissitude that causes people to make bad decisions. Now, remember why people fail. In bumpers, we talked about micro strategies diametrically opposed to macro beliefs, which is micro strategies are short-term decisions and macro beliefs thing that you actually want. So it's making short-term decisions that get you further away from what you actually want. And what you actually want should have been uh, determined again in a moment of sobriety and clear-mindedness. Uh, what you want changes moment to moment, 
with the highs and the lows, your emotional highs and lows. And we want to try to mitigate that as much as possible. That's where a macro belief comes in. Okay, so an example of a micro strategy to diametrically oppose your macro belief is that if you believe um, you want as much Bitcoin as possible, selling Bitcoin with the hopes of acquiring more Bitcoin, most people get wrecked that way. And most people get absolutely demolished trying to time markets. So if you buy Bitcoin and you have a macro belief in Bitcoin, generally speaking, uh, we want to be in a position where you never have to sell that Bitcoin. Okay, so there's like some over leverage and stuff that comes into it as well. So it's acquiring the thing because we've done our homework and we believe this is where we want to be. It's just a broad stroke guide to make short-term decisions, especially relative to other options and time prefer and your time preference. So again, um, you may have $100,000 and everybody's saying, oh, you got to buy this thing. It's going up so fast or this is the next big thing. Well, what what is the probability that it outperforms your macro belief? Because you already, if you have a macro belief and it's going to solve your problem, you would want to allocate resources to that. And even if somebody says, hey, look, this thing can go 3x in 10 years. Well, your macro belief, you believe, is going to go 4 to 5x. So even though a 3x is a win in terms of U.S. dollars, it is a loss relative to your macro belief. Okay, So like uh, Bitcoin, if Bitcoin does a 10x and Ethereum does a 4x, and you were equal in both, uh, you won, but not as big as if you would have been all in Bitcoin, right? And we don't have a crystal ball. Talk about that in a minute. So we, we got to make decisions as how to allocate resources uh, relative to our solvable problem. The most important thing is that we have a high probability of getting what we want. And the solvable problem is done at a dollar amount. You have a timeline and there are preference-based considerations, right? Like you want to spend more time with your kids or you don't want to stare at the computer all day. So your macro belief, if you don't want to stare at the computer all day, should not be something that has you staring at the computer all day. It's just a preference-based thing. So again, the solvable problem is in um, time and dollars. And we want to skate to where the puck is going. Okay? So things will go up, things will go down. Things will go up, things will go down. That's just how it goes. What we're worried about is if we want to solve our problem in 10 years, right, we're, we're still sticking money away, call it a savings or a, a solvable problem, savings account, whatever you want to call it. Um, the value today is not important. Okay. We don't want to spend money that we need today. We don't invest money that we need today. The value today is not important. If your solvable problem is on a 10 year timeline, the value of it in nine or 10 years is what's important. And I know that's tough. That's why we have to develop macro beliefs, look at trends, examine logic, reasoning, and evidence, or we could just keep money under our pillow. That's fine too. Um, but you have to, to, to get the upside, you have to understand the vicissitudes of it all, right? So we're trying to skate to where the puck is going with our macro belief. Uh, hope that makes sense. And it's got to be on a timeline that is appropriate for a solvable problem. Uh, my crystal ball is broken. I'm pretty sure yours is too. So we look at the logic, reasoning, and evidence, which you can dive into in Brain Sludge. Talks a lot about outcome bias and why a macro belief is so important. Uh, not FOMO and outcome bias. This is not how we want to make decisions. You may have a macro belief in Bitcoin and somebody else has a macro belief in, I don't know, toilet paper companies and COVID hit and they outperformed you. That doesn't necessarily mean toilet paper companies are a better macro belief. It just, that's just what happened on the short time frame. Uh, 
And as I said, for most, the macro belief is going to be in U.S. dollars. Because as of now, their priorities, your priorities, <clears throat> paying off your mortgage, kids' college, all that stuff, is likely going to be paid in USD. So if we have a true macro belief in U.S. dollar, we need to create a secondary macro belief, which is the thing that's going to get us the most U.S. dollars in the timeline that's appropriate. Okay? So I need X amount of dollars in 15 years. And you know, I plug it in. Let's say I need 17% a year over 15 years, and I do believe that three-bedroom homes uh, that meet this certain criteria will appreciate at 17% or more over 15 years. This gives us focus. We don't have to chase all this other stuff around. We can if we want, but we, we forfeit the right to complain about it because we're choosing to do it. Uh, so this is an example of a macro belief that somebody might have based on where they're at, what they need in an appropriate timeline. For most, we need to rewire our brain to match our time preference and our macro belief. Because okay? we're thinking like, I need this by 10 years, but you're looking at the US dollar value every day. And you can gut check it like this. Okay, If you think you have a macro belief in Bitcoin, and Bitcoin goes down, you can gut check your true belief. If Bitcoin goes down, and you go, oh no, this is bad, then you have not successfully acquired it as a macro belief. If you say, I believe Bitcoin will be a million dollars per Bitcoin in 2030, and Bitcoin goes down today, and you're worried about it, then there's a disconnect. You don't actually believe that. Because if you did, you would say, yes, I can get more Bitcoin per US dollar, which means in 10 years, I will have significantly more US dollars. If the housing market goes down, and you want as many homes as possible in 15 years, and you feel a negative emotion, then that's not actually your macro belief. If it was your macro belief, you would say, yes, I can get more homes so that 15 years from now, I'm stupid rich. Okay, so this gut check is really important. If you watch the charts and you see things go down, but you're in a long time frame, then there's a disconnect between what you believe about yourself and what you actually believe. It's really important to sort that out. Okay, so the time preference is huge. Time preference is really big. We want to be, we want to skate to where the puck is going. We want as much Bitcoin or as many homes or as many investments in technology companies or whatever it is as possible by the time frame you have deemed appropriate. And it's very likely that it actually happens a lot faster, that things overperform from time to time. They'll underperform, they'll overperform but that's just the game, okay? So this gives us focus. It allows for a lower frequency of exposure. The day-to-day -day doesn't matter, uh, depending on what your macro belief is, but on a longer time frame, the day-to-day -day doesn't matter. If anything, we've made frequency of exposure our friend, because now when the price of something goes down, it's good, we can acquire more of it. Okay, when, if you want more of your favorite T-shirt and the price gets cut in half, you are excited about it because you can buy more of them. You have a macro belief in that t-shirt. Okay? If that seems really strange, if the price going down gives you like a lot of panic, then it just it, it's a sign that you don't actually believe in what you're investing in. And it's not you may believe in the team and the technicals and all that, but something in your brain is disconnected the way you're thinking about it, the way you're framing it. Okay? So by having a macro belief, we can overcome outcome bias. We can say, that's cool. Uh, you made more money than I did over 
the last year, but I know my macro belief, and over the next 10 years, I'm going to do significantly better. Uh, and even if that's not the case, we still need something to orient us. We can't just chase things around like you know, chickens with our heads cut off, which is what most people are doing when they're investing. And we can adjust the logic, reasoning, and evidence, which means if we reason to a macro belief, you know, this is three-bedroom homes in this area because of this, and something changes, then we can say, well, that was my macro belief, but now that these new tenant laws are here, it's much more difficult to make money. So you can re-reason, right? You can actually learn and adjust if you have a macro belief. If you don't have a macro belief, you cannot learn and adjust. You got to chase other people around and other things around. Okay. So some examples, um, an, a value investor will invest in assets that meet certain properties criteria for 10 plus years, usually much longer. Warren Buffett is a value investor. So he invests in like bubble gum and Coca-Cola and things that he believes are undervalued given what they are to society. And he holds them for a very, very, very long time. Warren Buffett's done really well. Value investors tend to do very well over time. Uh, you could be a VC, a venture capitalist. Typically, they're going to take more risks than a value investor. They're going to make more bets, uh, and they're going to look for explosive upsides. So they're looking for a lot of asymmetry, and that's okay. I have a friend who has, uh, he was angel investor in 42 companies last year, and I asked him, how much are you going to make? He goes, I don't know. I just hope in my lifetime, one of them liquidates and I make money. Okay? So he has a lifetime uh, time preference, and he understands that one out of 43 might actually win. And his macro belief allows him to sit with that. He understands what he's doing and why. Uh, real estate, again, they'll invest in properties that meet certain criteria. Some do commercial, some do residential, uh, some like upscale neighborhoods, some like trailer parks. It just depends on what they're optimizing for, their time preference, and all of that stuff. But it's a it's really a function of what they believe about the future. And everybody has their own logic and, and reasoning and preferences. Some things are a bigger headache to manage than others. Some things are much easier. Some things have way more profitability, but they're a way bigger pain in the ass. And so it's a preference-based, this is why I want more of this thing, because in 10 years, I believe it'll get me there, but also I enjoy doing it, right? So this is all developing a macro belief, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a macro belief for many. Uh, some financial, some security, some uh, want to, you know, like the anonymous nature, the Bitcoin network and all that. But f they're on a, I believe in 10 years, Bitcoin will be a million dollars per Bitcoin or whatever. And so their strategies are to acquire more Bitcoin uh, because they're trying to skate to where the puck is going. Uh, you have to figure out that on your own, you can piggyback off of other people's logic, reasoning, evidence, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and there are some considerations when developing a macro belief. Okay, the time preference. What is the time preference? I'm not a huge fan of short time preferences. You're playing with fire. Okay, I don't like putting time. Look at the video, Engineering Luck. I don't like putting time, uh, making time my enemy. So I prefer longer time preferences. Uh, if there's short time preferences, where cash is necessary, I would prefer to just work for the money. I don't invest on a short time frame. You can. Anybody can do whatever they want. Um, I prefer to work for short-term money. Um, so time preference is important because we have to understand cycles and rhythms. If you want to get into real estate, but your solvable problem, the most important thing is three years out, 
you're playing with fire, right? Real estate, you're going to want five years or more, probably. Uh, crypto, you're going to probably want to allow four years or more. Uh, just because we don't have a crystal ball and we want to allow these things to go through their natural cycles. Uh, VC, you, you could wait 30, 40, 50 years until there's a liquidation event in which you cash out depending on how you invest and how it's all written. So you just have to understand that uh, manage your expectations, develop a macro belief, timeline and return, um, align your macro belief with your solvable problem. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. If, if you say, okay, look, in 10 years, I want to, I need to achieve this. It doesn't matter what the, what the price of the thing is now, because I understand this thing goes in waves, uh, real estate cycles, waves, the whole economy cycles, waves, crypto cycles, waves, uh, Bitcoin has a happening. Okay. The happening of Bitcoin impacts the entire crypto market for now. I don't know if that will continue. Um, over, it kind of comes out in the wash, in my opinion, over time. But you have to be aware that, uh, you know, Bitcoin being early, crypto being early, is going to go through regulation. Things are going to get liquidated and crash and then come back. And it's going to be crazy. So the, the macro belief in crypto, you'd have to align with a longer time frame for solvable problem. And now you can mix and match these things. We'll talk about that in strategies. Uh, but ultimately need to have a macro belief so you know like it's like a north star what am i really accomplishing so i can orient myself because day to day moment to moment you're going to feel up you're going to feel down you're going to feel euphoric you're going to feel scared you're going to feel greedy you're going to feel fearful we need something that reminds us in those moments what we are actually trying to acquire and we need moments when things are tough to remember like okay i need money now I could sell all my Bitcoin. But if you have a macro belief in Bitcoin, you're robbing your from your future self, maybe millions and millions of dollars to solve a problem now. So you may, even though you don't like it, you may just pick up some extra work right now so you don't rob from your future self. A macro belief prevents us from robbing from our future self and kind of staying on this hamster wheel. Okay? Things to be aware of, frequency of exposure. Go back to that. It's very early on in Foundations. An outcome bias. You will doubt your macro belief that might be a phenomenal macro belief for yourself because other people around you are getting lucky. So go back to brain sludge and self-respect and touch up on outcome bias. Uh, live to learn, give to earn. So think about your macro belief. Journal about it. Reflect on it. Ask questions about it. Do some homework. Examine it. Try hard not to validate it, but to just get an honest uh, perspective about what maybe you think you want to acquire. Check yourself. Do I want this because everybody else wants it? That's not a good reason to want stuff. And as you learn, as you're living this, um, share with others, share your six word update, share your case studies, share your experiences, have conversations with others. That's what we're all about. We will get deeper into macro beliefs. I will tell you that um, mine and most of the team share a macro belief because we've been looking at the logic reasoning evidence for uh, a year and a half now is in uh, guard BUSD pair and or just guard uh, but that is we have our reasons we'll break them down on the later trainings uh, do not adopt our macro belief blindly um, understand 
why it is what it is, understand the time preference that we're on, and uh, share with others. If you share with others, share the logic, reasoning, and evidence so that they can poke holes, maybe they can learn, and you can have conversations, all right? Looking forward to see the Sequoia updates and uh, what kind of questions and conversations come up around the macro belief. Thanks for listening to the Garden Academy podcast. Hope it was helpful. If so, do us a favor, subscribe, leave us a review. Now remember, live to learn, give to earn. Reflect on and wrestle with any new ideas that you heard in this episode, and then turn around and share your experience with others. Remember, many of the audio files were pulled from video and turned into articles in our Knowledge Center, which you can access for free. There will be a link in the description. If you want to stay in the loop and hear more about what our members, our partners, and the community is doing, both in the real world and the Web3 world, check out our friends at Inside the Den podcast. Not only are they great dudes, they're highlighting and interviewing the movers and the shakers, and they helped us set up this podcast to be simple, helpful, and fun.